What? I I don't under I didn't understand a one word you said. Ron, are you okay? Ron. Ron, where are you? I'm in a glass case of emotion. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jake. And uh, we're back after To The Republic. Yeah, we uh, we took last week off mostly because of me. Uh, um, your job. My job. Your job. My job. Yeah, but that's okay. Uh, we're back. Been, it's been crazy. The um, We're running a skeleton crew mostly because we're still staying open because... We deemed ourselves essential. Did you deem yourselves? <laughs> no, we were told. Yeah. Originally, we that's the way we were like, well, we're going to go until they tell us to shut down. And then um, Department of Homeland Security deemed anybody who sells firearms and ammo mm-hmm. essential because oh. they can't, like, people have the right to de- to defend themselves. Against a virus? I, I don't know. Like, Dude, that reminds me. What? There was a right down the road from here. He shot the virus? No, he shot two random people. What? This guy, I don't really know the details. We should have Jen on because she knows she was like reading through it as it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but right down the street, I think this is what happened. Look it up to get the actual details. But I'm pretty sure a dude like stopped another car. With, he had an AR and he stopped another car and was like, get out of the car. And then two people came running in their houses to like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck's going on? And he like shot him in the legs. Dude. It's, what? Yeah. And then he got in the How car. How did I not read about any of this? And then he got in the car and like took off. And then I think there was another guy on foot or something. I'm not, I don't think there was a guy on foot. I don't know. But either way, Jen was like, holy crap, sending me all these stories like, I'm going to die. And I'm like, get the gun. <laughs> so she was like, she got the gun out and put the took the trigger lock off and laid it there with, you know, without the... Without it loaded or Two anything. Two people shot during carjacking in Clark County. Deputies say suspect found dead. Dude, he killed himself, I think. Did he? I think so. That's Damn, that is scary. You might hear... Oh, listening, by the way, I'm facing the open window, so you might hear some birds chirping. Um, yeah, that's insane. Dude, it was right there. Yeah, I see the picture. It happened at night. Yeah, and yeah. like right in the evening, mm-hmm. she was like, what the crap? Suspect who shot two people in a carjacking in Brush Prairie, now dead. The ordeal began late Tuesday afternoon when deputies say someone shot two people... On the 7400 block of Northeast 159th Street, the victims were taken to the hospital. Their conditions were not immediately known. The shooter had an AR-15 rifle and is considered armed and dangerous, according to deputies. The suspect drove away from the shooting scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, Later Tuesday evening, the Clark County Sheriff said the suspect was found dead. um, Yale Bridge Road from an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. Oh, yeah, that's up by... uh, uh, I think it's up by that park. uh, uh, No, what's that park right there? Um, in battleground oh um oh you're, you're talking about uh daybreak or louisville <laughs> louisville yeah louisville. daybreak i think it was on that bridge right there okay yeah i think that's where they're talking about because yeah that might be it yale yale bridge i don't know okay. obviously i know no details about this anyway, story well it says like everything i just read yeah it was just no one no one no further information was released and that's from uh fox 12 see so crazy so I mean, yeah, you're essential. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose just arming everybody. Dude, okay, so we have a just another quick change real quick. I have a stack of papers here that I've been collecting over the last two years. Mm-hmm. Front page, um, some big news things, right? Yep. Um, <clears throat> I was looking through and putting them in uh, sequential order time, and I'm like reading kind of the headlines like, oh, why did I keep this one? Why did I keep this one? I just want to point out that I don't remember the date, but going through it, Last year, Donald Trump declared a national emergency from all the mudbloods coming over the border. <laughs> mudbloods. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Can, yeah, can you remember? Like, we don't even think about... We, we're honestly... I don't yes. know who says this. Nobody even talks about Article 2. It's like... But literally, I think we've all forgot, collectively forgotten yeah. that he issued a, sta- a state of emergency for the border wall. Yes. 
And then now he's talking about how federal funds can't be used for states to give out PPE mm-hmm. to states struggling with uh, coronavirus. Yeah. Like resources. Yep. Pretty, that's pretty the, awesome. That's the world we live in. Anyways, I said our government's behaving like Voldemort isn't back. And then. Oh, that's why you pulled all these. No. Okay. Because. Why? Well. There's a part in the seventh Harry Potter where, like, all of the newspapers and stuff, like, um, like you can track it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, they were showing all these news, different newspapers talking about the right, like Voldemort coming. Oh, maybe it was in the fifth one mm-hmm. or the sixth one. Like, mm-hmm. you're trying to piece their the order. Are you talking about the movie or the, the book? Okay. Like they're piecing the the uh, they're piecing it. Like you can. I don't know, like you're piecing it together through like the newspapers. Like right. Mary's, like Hermione's always receiving the Daily Prophet. Right. And she's like circling things that are like weird, but the Daily Prophet aren't like fully reporting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never okay. Mind. Yeah, right. yeah, no, no. Never mind. Uh, that's All not right. why. I've okay. just been collecting the newspaper and then I think I told you a few episodes I would put them in order mm-hmm. and then yeah. show them to you. Um, but no, Jen's been marathoning Harry Potter and I've kind of been like watching mm. parts of it. Okay. Um, we're big Harry Potter fans. On yeah. Show. Yeah. If you, if you're new and don't know that, then now, you know, um, but yeah, so I posted that like our government's acting like Voldemort isn't back because, you know, I'm watching the movies and I remember, you know, from the books, but just everybody hush, hush, like don't talk about it. And not that that's the behavior, but it's kind of the behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, but then people are like sending me memes of like people saying, uh, my husband just said this. It's like uh, uh, Voldemort's back and everyone's denying it. I'm like, I said that two days ago, lady. Oh, yep. Someone saw my post and stole my joke. Mm-hmm. Declaring it here now, I'm going to sue you for stealing my ideas. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, dude, sometimes when you watch Harry Potter... And you like can relate things to your actual world. That's not a good thing. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, it's a little rough, dude. But yeah, I started. I um, I've been having a lot of shit going on in my life, so I've been trying to find some sense of normalcy or nostalgia to make me feel better. So I started reading the last from the part where where um Harry is in the pensive after the break. Like, so the battle of Hogwarts is going on and they towards the end of the seventh book Okay. and Voldemort calls like that hour long ceasefire. And mm-hmm. He's like, if Harry, like the fighting will stop if you come and surrender yourself. And then, so Harry did like, such a great part that was just excluded from the, from, from the, the movies. movies. Yeah. yeah. And so, and so, uh, Harry gets the memories from Snape mm-hmm. and then he goes to the Pensieve oh, and Dumbledore's yeah. office and he sees like everything that Dumbledore and Snape had so talked about. Good. And then he, and like Harry realizes like it's all been about him sacrificing himself this entire time. Like coming to that realization that he wasn't meant to live yeah. and then having that strength to get up and going to go and sacrifice him, like sacrifice himself and all of that imagery talking about how he wanted someone like he's in his invisibility cloak and mm-hmm. all he wanted were someone to see him, grab him to keep him from doing that. And then he and then he gets and then he sees Neville and he sees um like talks about Colin Creevy being so small in death and mm-hmm. just dude the imagery and the writing of that was just so that's good. what I meant by like not including it because yeah. you can't include you it you can't include it but there's so much there so much depth and he talks about like being able like he's walking by and he sees Jenny comforting Ginny comforting somebody and he like I can he's like I can like I can smell her hair right and just oh and then. And then talking, and then when he gets to his, and then when he gets to the end, and he real like he gets to the edge of the woods, and he realizes what "I open at the close" means. And it's like, and he says, oh. I'm, a, "I'm about to die." To the snitch, and mm-hmm. then kisses it, mm-hmm. and then it opens up and reveals the res- resurrection right. stone. Right. And then he brings his 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 parents and Lupin and uh, and Sirius back. Mm-hmm. And then then my favorite quote of the entire book, mm-hmm. of the entire series, is mm-hmm. when he says you'll stay with me. And then James replies until the very end. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I just, I love that. Right. It's so well written. It's so well written. Does he have the wand at that point? He does not have the elder wand. No, oh. because, but he's the owner. Of, he's the rightful owner of it because he defeated Malfoy. Right. At, at Drake, at um, Draco at Malfoy right. Manor. Um, but Voldemort had the elder wand up until Voldemort dies. Oh, because the because Harry was the rightful owner of the Elder Wand. So when Voldemort tried to use it on him at the end, it mm. the Elder Wand couldn't destroy its own master. Right, right. 
so that's one. That's the reason why that curse rebound. Like, the see, arm, they don't say any of that shit no, in the in, movie. No, in the movie they have like this <laughs> this big grandiose fight, flying scene. around and stuff. Just the worst. The, the simplicity of them circling each other and Harry trying to talk, trying to basically counteracting everything like the anti- like the antithesis of each other. Mm-hmm. Right? You had good, literally good versus evil, love versus hate, right? And control versus like chaos, chaos, right? And Batman and the Joker. Everything, everything <laughs> like. Of, those two paths leading the, the the prophecy, the destiny, they're both of them having to be there at the same time, just circling each other and everybody watching. And then just a, a, an Expelliarmus curse versus Avada Kedavra, the killing yeah. curse. And that's it. That's it. The simplicity of that was so beautiful. That's it, why like uh, on order, 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 mm-hmm. when in the movie order, when Voldemort like puts himself into Harry and he's torturing mm-hmm. him and yeah. like showing him all these sad imagery, uh, sad imagery. But then Harry starts like seeing like loving memories mm-hmm. of his friends, and Harry just was like, "You'll never win because I have love." Basically, mm-hmm. is what he says. That moment is so. It's probably one of the most powerful movies in that whole movie, and it it came across that way. You could have done the same thing yeah. with the end of seven. Mm-hmm. Instead of having some stupid fight scene, flying around, and why? He, and then he no, and then the word like almost equally as bad is that Voldemort like breaks into like a million pieces and just floats away. Yeah, that's it was much better that he just died. And they talked about like it towards the like, the very few last pages they talk about because everybody, all the survivors are kind of celebrating slash mourning in mm-hmm. the Great Hall. And then they said that Vold- they just took Voldemort's body and they put it alone in like in a cupboard outside the Great Hall. Right. Like, just by himself like that was that's so much better right because i just he's forgotten right he's he's he's, alone he's alone he died alone yeah and then instead of him breaking into a million pieces and floating away like ash like that was just stupid it didn't make any sense plot twist same universe as thanos oh (laughs) i don't know i don't know that reference i haven't seen him oh when they all die they kind of fade off like that yeah and like flakes like that Mm. Yeah. Oh shit! You haven't seen it. Terrible. Terrible. Anyways, that was a Harry Potter freaking rant right <laughs> <Sorry>. there. <laughs> so good though. I need to reread them. I've only read them all the way through twice. Really? Yeah. Okay. But you go back and like read random ones, don't you? Yeah, I just go with whatever I'm feeling. Like if I want to read, like I love the sixth book. I mm-hmm. often talk about that's I my love the sixth. That's my book. favorite book. Yeah. I'll just sit down and read that one. Yeah. I've read that book more than any of the other interesting books in the series. What's your favorite movie? Have we talked about this? I none of them. Probably. You have a favorite. I mean, it's all relative because I don't like any of them. Okay, so relatively, which two. one? I like two, two is the shit, dude. Two, is, two the shit. is the best out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, it, it is good because the first two books are short enough mm-hmm. that you can you didn't have to change much. Right. Because, That's true. Because the the books, I think they're only like the first book is only like two hundred thirty something pages. Mm-hmm. So you can like that adapts to a movie really right. well, um, but it was a different. It was also a different director. That's true, Chris Columbus, right? Yeah, did the and first he, two. And he, the, he captured the aesthetic of Harry Potter right so much better. Now he also had the best casting for Dumbledore you could have hoped for. Yeah, and then having to recast Dumbledore from three on, yeah, really sucked because yeah. that dude was bad. Was he bad or was it the direction and the writing? It may have been the it may probably have been the direction and writing. Yeah. That actor's not bad, and he did act well, but he behaved as that Dumbledore character very. I don't know, not like Dumbledore. It was not warm. Yeah. No. No. And they ruined him in four when he got mad at Harry. I told Jen that. Yeah, when he gets mad. Yeah. Don't put your name in the goblet. <laughs> Stupid. Did I ever tell you? I'm, I'm sure I've told you, but I'm going to tell you again. I never, I had, I didn't read four. You didn't tell me that. Okay, so I read one, two, and three, mm-hmm. and then four came out on the movie, and okay. I was like, well, I can't not go see it. So I went and saw it without reading it, and then I was like, well, <gasps> I was like, I read, I see, I know what happens in four. So then I read five, six, seven. At and least then, tell me you've read four. So times. then my friends are like. You have to read four. And I was like, ah, I've seen the movie. I don't got to read four. And then, so that was the first, the first run through of reading Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. I didn't read four. Okay. So then, oh, Jake's sleeping again. Uh, so, th- <laughs> so then, uh, 
on my second time around, I was like, okay, I'm going to read four. And yes, I know what happens, but whatever. I'll read it. Idiot, dude. Four is the shit. It's so good. Four is you have good. no idea just the complexity, one, of the Triwizard Tournament, but mm-hmm. two, the maze. The maze is so underplayed in the movie. It's so underplayed. <laughs> it's basically just them running through corn, like running, like basically through a maze with nothing in it. Yeah, yeah. And there was so much, like the Sphinx. They left the Sphinx out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I gotta read them again, dude. Anyways, so I just thought you'd appreciate that mm-hmm. again. <laughs> anyway, switching gears. What's going on in the world? Well, you know, it's just burning down. It's so bad, dude. I'm over it. Have you got to the point where you're over it? Oh, I reached that point like a week ago. Um, so uh, there was like, Jen told me she had this moment where she was like, okay, th- I'm over it. And it's like, she, I told you before mm-hmm. she was watching like these British shows and she's caught up on one of them, but the next season was supposed to like start filming mm-hmm. and now they're not. And she yeah. was just like, really? Like that was the moment where she was like actually annoyed. She says my moment was last night, but I think my actual moment was the NBA getting canceled. Yeah. And reading that it got canceled, it was kind of like, or being told that it was canceled, I was like, no. And then I read it, I'm like, what? (laughs) And so now I'm like, it's almost like, I can't believe that happened. Like, it's just not happening. Mm -hmm. But then I get like reminders on my calendar, like, hey, Blazers play Timberwolves today. And I'm like, no, they don't. Yep. That's a little devastating. But last night I was like, you know what sounds so good? Is I, I've been on an Oreo kick lately. Oh, <laughs> like, double, like dub, double stuff? Dude, mega stuff. Mega stuff? Yeah. I didn't know there was a mega stuff. Yeah, dude. So I Where was do get, you find such a thing? Everywhere. Really? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I was getting Oreos, and I love Oreos, for, and I was just eating them for a lot, like having a few when I get home from work. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no, I got to stop. Because I got to start running and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I stopped getting them. But then last night, I was like, I got off pretty early from work. And I was like, dang, dude, I'm kind of craving some Oreos. I was like, you know what sounds bomb is an Oreo McFlurry. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah. hey, Jen, do you want an Oreo McFlurry? And she's like, yeah, sure. I was like, cool. I'll pick you up and we'll run to McDonald's real quick. So I pick her up and I go through the drive-thru. Oh, and their, their ice cream machine was down. No. No? No. This is impacted by the coronavirus. Oh, no. So I get there. And they're like, hey, just a heads up. You know how they have the spoons that mix the Mm -hmm. ice cream for you? They're like, hey, because of the coronavirus, we're not using the spoons to mix it. So we're giving you plastic spoons and it's unmixed. You can't do that. So it was literally... Just stop selling them. It was ice cream with cookie crumbs on the top of it. And then I had to come home and mix it. First world problems. Let me just clarify. (laughs) But second of all, I was like... Aww. What the fuck is this? Yeah, coronavirus, you're ruining my ice cream. You'd be better off going and buying a blender from Fred Meyer and making your own. I mean, I have a blender. I have one of those bullets. Oh, I was thinking more of like those, like an ice cream blender where it has like the little like. Oh, like, I'm not doing all that. Like the paddles and like you have a little ice cream cup, like milkshake <laughs> cup. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's like the moment where I was like, all right, this sucks. I'm over it. Yeah. That would have. I think we all had. I had a moment yesterday okay. where like, I was really over it. I've been over it ever since all the dum dums came in and bought guns. But right. I've been. I think for my own individual life, like the thing that hit me hardest mm-hmm. was hearing yesterday that the, that Fort Vancouver canceled this fireworks the fireworks show. That's insane! I it's, know. It's, it's April. I know. And yeah. that just, because I think what it was is like that's the first thing like I really like. That's like I don't really care for summer i'm not a big summer person but i love going to the fort for the fourth because yeah. i don't i don't you like do that every year are you serious yeah, where do you year. park i park um over by uh like esther short park and then walking esther short oh that far yeah damn dude it's not that really it's honestly not that far of a walk because you just go to evergreen and you just walk evergreen down. right no i know um, i've done it one time with dude, friends so, and my so friend's family fun. and it was a blast yeah what do you normally do for fourth for the fourth? Mm, work. Work. Oh, that's right. That's right. You do. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Sucks. When I had that shitty schedule, I mm-hmm. hated holidays. Yeah. Now that I'm on a schedule where I can actually do things, mm-hmm. especially on the, like because I would always have to go to work on the evening of the fourth, mm-hmm. like at midnight. Yeah. Now I don't have to do it until the next day in the afternoon, right? If yeah. they make me work mm-hmm. the fifth. 
but I do random things. Like one time we all were out here in the field. Yeah. And we set up tents and a fire pit and had a barbecue out there. And the family came out and we camped back there. Mm. It was awesome. That sounds And, funny. you know, all the, the Don Benton's right here mm-hmm. and all these, you know, all these people around us, they're shooting off like nice fireworks. Yeah. So we just hung out and watched fireworks there. And I mean, that was it. Yeah. But really just like I hate holidays because I had to work the next day. Yeah, you day. never got to. Right. Um, yeah, and it's only that. it's only been like that for like 10 years, so no mm-hmm. big deal. <laughs> but the Ford, it's really fun because they have all sorts of vendors. And I, they have right. It, okay. Like vendors food, for food, what? Food, food, vendors. Well, food vendors. Okay. But it's really cool. And they have like live music. Mm-hmm. I've everything. seen that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I went once. I don't show up there until like seven o'clock. Do you dance? No. Then what do you care about the live music? Because it's fun to listen to. Do you just go, oh, cool. And then walk away. Well, I'm like right by the stage. Oh, okay. Like toe close. tapping. Yeah. Just toe okay. T- toe tapping a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> bobbing, the, bobbing the head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Feeling it. Feeling yeah, it. I mean, it's, it's just fun because. It's some. It was something to go do, and I don't know. I just like being. I yeah. Just, I just. I don't know what it was. I just really like being there, and I love the fire being that close to those fireworks. Right. Like I don't really get a ton of joy out of like lighting off fireworks like in the mm-hmm. backyard or whatever. Like, right. But that was that was a lot of fun. I'll have to go again one day if we can ever go. When again. they open it back up, if we're ever allowed to go again, our lives are over. Like I've been saying this, dude. I've been saying it. You're like, we'll come back. And I said, no, no, no. And you're like, you're being pessimistic. No, you're being optimistic. I've, which is normally <laughs> weird. I feel like it's it's usually the, our roles are switched. Yeah. You're usually the optimist and I'm the pessimist. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you're the... We, you and I had another optimist pessimist switch uh-huh. in terms of uh, the likelihood of Trump winning re-election yesterday uh-huh. with the announcement that Bernie Sanders had stood right. down and that Biden is going to be the nominee. Yes, barring him, barring him getting Rona. Yeah. Um, what if Trump gets Rona? What if Trump? Yeah. I, I mean, like he's he, running around shaking everyone's damn hands. I feel like he's high, has a lot higher likelihood of getting Rona. Yeah. Anyways, so Boris Johnson got the road. Yeah, that's did you send me? Yeah, go ahead. He's the the prime prime minister of England. Yep. Did you send me a message saying he was on the uptick? No. No, he's getting worse. I don't know. I thought somebody said he was like stable. So he went to the hospital with symptoms. Mm -hmm. It was diagnosed with having coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Then they moved him to ICU. That's the last thing I'd heard. Yikes, dude. Yeah. If you want ICU, that's not good. No, especially at his age. Yeah. He's he's in that demographic. Mm-hmm. He's not particularly healthy. Mm-mm. So yikes! I mean, prayers to him. Right. As much as I don't care for his politics, and I wish that his party had lost the re-election bid. Right. Um, There's some. You don't want. You just. You don't wish. You don't wish that on anybody. Right. There's a group. There's a group of people that I'm associated with who listen to another podcast. And a lot of them are from England. Okay. And so sometimes I see their posts mm-hmm. and I mean, they're all, most of them seem fairly, I guess, liberal, if you mm-hmm. will. And one was just like, listen, regardless of politics, if you're like hoping that this dude dies, like unfollow me, like unfriend me, like you're mm-hmm. a piece of crap. Yeah. And you know, there's going to be those kind of people, mm-hmm. but I don't know. There's man. not as many as you would expect though. I think everything's in the minority now. I don't accept anything. If somebody tells me something, I'm like, yeah, but how many people actually think that? Yeah. I don't trust anyone. No, I think it's really easy for people to take anecdotal. We know this. We've yes. talked about this. Yeah. It's easy to take anecdotal evidence and then make a generality yeah. out of it. Yeah. But it which is amplified by social media because sure. one person sees like a string of like five comments that are all stupid and they're mm-hmm. like oh my god look at all these liberals look at how dumb they oh, are look at all these people right like, they, look at all the, they, everybody believes this it's like well no it's five people on social media and how many of those are fake bot accounts right right so I mean, oh that's a good point too yeah we forgot about that 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 was a thing that yeah. that happened here's an anecdotal little story um uh so someone i know was like he was he was we were talking about politics and he was giving me crap because he's a, a Republican, okay. but he's a Trump supporter. Yeah. 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 Um, so he was just like, um, blah, 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 this and blah, 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 Democrats, this and liberals, that and leftists, this. And I was like, dude, you used to be a Democrat. And he was like, yeah, that's when I was, that's when I was poor and uneducated. And I said, well, okay. The only difference is you might have a little more money now. <laughs> Got him. Got him. Uh, that's, that's that was that's good. He looks at me like, uh, like, what do you say? He couldn't say anything. It was no. fire. Um, 
so yeah the rona politics reversals i say i have hope you have none now Right? Uh, no, I was saying that I have hope that Biden could beat Trump, and you were oh, saying that Trump is going to win. He's going to win for sure. Okay. You think so? I, dude, I don't. Okay. And this is anecdotal, but okay. it, and I'm falling for the thing you mm-hmm. just mentioned of like reading comments of people yeah. like in a stream, and you're like, oh, God. But just the Bernie bros are like, nope, not doing it, not voting, nope, not voting, nope, There's not voting. Such a small minority this year. He okay. doesn't have the following that. He did. And that's the point that I've been making and I've been thinking about lately is in 2016, Democrats begged Biden to run. Mm -hmm. They were begging him to run. Unfortunately, his son had poor health and Mm -hmm. and ultimately died, which is terrible. But they were begging for him to run. And he would have won and he would be president right now. Do you think he regrets that? Yeah. That's the reason why he ran now. Yeah. Yikes. Anyways, so now people are like talking, like posting like, oh, I'm going to have to choose the lesser of two evils and blah, 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 blah. And just saying like these same mm-hmm. things. It's like, dude, four years ago, yeah, you would have chosen Biden over Bernie 99% of the time. Mm-hmm. What What is the difference? I think the difference was is that Hillary Clinton was incredibly unlikable. Okay. So that drove people to Bernie's ideas more. Right. Because they're like, I'm so tired of the status quo. Right. Which is funny because Clinton, like Biden, ran on Obama's record. If you listen to what Clinton was saying, it's n- literally almost no different than Biden. It's just the package in which it's delivered in. Oh, uh, okay. And that could That's be true. that could be a number of different reasons. Yeah. I mean, there's latent sexism that, you know, it was it's Hillary, not Secretary Clinton. Right. Like we all fall into that. We're not we don't call Biden Joe. Yeah, it's and Vice it, President Biden. It's Vice President Biden, or right. it's just Biden, right? It's the last name, which carries a little bit more uh, like uh, I guess res- like oh, that's respect, an interesting analysis. But it's always Hillary, right? It's never right. Clinton. And maybe that maybe for some people that's because they're trying to differentiate between Bill and Hillary, right? Some people I think that in their minds it's like, well, she's Hillary, right? She's a she. Yeah, I don't know. I think everybody everybody's individual on that for sure. Um, has their own individual's take on that. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, but Biden just comes. I think Biden comes across as a much more likable character and doesn't have anywhere near the baggage that Clinton did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. I don't. What do, you, what do you think about that? Um, I don't. I don't know. Like, I see people posting. Like, a good friend of mine posted a video of Joe explaining something. Mm-hmm. And as we've mentioned, he kind of bumbles his words when he's like live. Yeah. If he has a moment or 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 time to like have these long drawn out thoughts i guess he's got a podcast he's been doing where he's like talking to people mm-hmm. i would imagine that's very good to listen to yeah like informative and mm-hmm. interesting um but sometimes he, he bumbles he does yeah and they posted the video of him just uh, b- 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 bumbling and it, he just the caption said trump gonna win <laughs> <laughs> and like another guy last night when i was talking to he was just like dude joe biden's an idiot and i'm like Trump is not an idiot and he was like I didn't say Trump wasn't an idiot I go tell me right now Trump's an idiot he goes Trump's an idiot I was like oh thank god mm-hmm. <laughs> like I mean just it's it's weird like they're all just regurgitating those that I've talked to and that are like anti uh Biden are just like oh he's an idiot or oh he's creepy he massages people's shoulders like it's like they're taking everything that Trump has used and that campaign is mm-hmm. used to twist on Joe yeah. to like use against him Mm -hmm. and they're just saying the thing so that's why when i posted about joe after bernie announced that he was dropping out Mm -hmm. the first post i had was not like a banner for like president biden or whatever yeah it was a link to his uh, to his page of everything that that he proposes Mm -hmm. for everything yeah don't go off of how he bumbles don't go off of him uh this dumb things because he said some dumb things the things he says go and read his policy why are we electing people on persona and not policy because well we know most people don't read but two um it's it's the presidency going back even almost to yeah to to jackson yeah this cult of personality yeah. it's like you are we're drawn to charis to charisma in our leaders so when 
someone doesn't come across as charismatic, right? We don't trust them as much. There's a lot of like there's a there's a lot of um, psycho psychological studies of especially like with leadership and trust and leadership. Yeah, and this kind of is a good is kind of a good segue into something that I wanted to talk about later, but we'll finish we'll finish this topic right now. Okay, and that is there's there's where I think there's 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 either social or psychological mechanisms at play that kind of just draw us to this, to certain types of people. Right. And they tend to be older men. Mm-hmm. And we're, I mean, look, we just think about like what the, the, the pack started as yeah. and what it came down to. Right. Right. It's just, it just two old white, two old white men. Right. 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 And so like, why is, why does every election come to that? And I, I don't know. I think that there are, I don't, I think there is, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot at play there. For sure. There has to be. Yeah. And I think there's also charisma. I'm trying to remember this, this, these articles I read for my, um, uh, psychology of collective action in terms, uh, class that I took with Dr. Lopez. That and there sounds was, amazing. There was some, and it, it's I should like, have took it's, more poli it's, <laughs> it's all the psychological mechanisms that we have going on in our brain. Right. In, or like in, in terms of like group psychology that make us why leadership is important mm-hmm. but also why we choose leaders right and it in a lot and there was a study i can't remember the thesis on it and what his main argument was yeah and it but it basically just said like there's a specific like archetype of person mm-hmm. that we are constantly drawn towards mm. when it comes to picking our leaders right it's i don't That's know interesting. Oh, i wanted to have to, i'm gonna have to go find, have to this find and I'll, it and i'll update you guys on it but there it it makes me think. It makes me feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. It's kind of off. This is kind of off topic, but because you asked the question, why do we care about persona? persona? And I think charisma. I think charisma has a lot to do with that. Right. Okay. And your ability to storytell. Yeah. I think Trump has a really good. We've talked about. We've also talked about this. Yeah. Trump has a very good way of being able to tell a story, at okay. least to his base. Okay. Um, and paint an image of America. Like if you were to, if you were to ask a Trump supporter, like what is it that you that Trump envision? What kind of America does Trump envision? And they could, they can, they tell can tell you. you. Right. So one thing, just off, off topic, kind of, but about Trump that I've noticed that mm-hmm. drives me crazy, just from a communications standpoint, is I'm I always focus so much on language. Yeah. And he was obviously he's undermining the WHO now. Mm-hmm. World deflecting Health, World, World Health Organization deflecting yeah pointing blame mm-hmm. and I wa- I listened to one sentence I'm just listening to him right and he's going off about him and this is what not one sentence because he doesn't really have sentences but this is what he says about the World Health Organization and and in just just I have one two three four five six seven eight nine ten words that I notice that he uses okay and this is how he assigns blame mm. almost to everyone. If you watch when he assigns blame to somebody, oh, this is interesting. I've noticed that he does this. He goes, they would have a, B or C done. Mm-hmm. He, they would have done this. Da, 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 da. They could have done this. They should have done this. They probably did it. He always does that. He goes, well, the World Health Organization, they, they would have done this. Well, they could have done this. Actually, they should have done this. They, they actually probably did it. So when he's talking about the, the virus, he's like, well, they, they, would have, they would have reacted differently. They could have reacted differently. They should have uh, – or talking about knowing about the virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they would have known about the virus or they could have known about the virus. They should have known the virus. They probably did know about the virus. Mm-hmm. And then boom, You're right, and he does that hits that. and people go, oh, the WHO knew about the virus the whole time and they screwed us. Mm-hmm. We only can look to Trump. Yeah. He does it all the time. Yeah, he does. They would have, could have, should have, probably did it. Wow. Dude, you're absolutely right. It drives me insane. Yeah. And he does, and, but he, and he levies those claims without any sort of, without any sort of, with no source. None. Like, or ev- like without citing any evidence. That's why he goes, would have, could have, should have, probably did. Yeah. Probably did. Now he always has an out. Mm-hmm. I didn't say they did. I said they probably did. Yeah. Or they could have. Or the right, they would have. But to the right people, especially people in a panic. Yeah. That's not people a People who are they're, afraid. They're, that's a distinction they're not going to make. Yeah. Um, 
they're not going to sit and be like, wait, where did you hear that from? Yep. It's, he's the leader. So you're automatically, there's a built-in bias mm-hmm. to believe what he says. Right. Um, he must be getting that from somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't because know. he's speaking from a place of authority. Yeah. He's using the presidency. Up until the coronavirus, he is he has not really used the presidency, at least like the official, like being at the White House in a formal manner, like in the West Wing as a bully pulpit. Right. Because he always would say that for his rallies, mm-hmm. but now he can't go to his rallies. Oh. So he's using, he's using the, yes. the office of, he's using like the backdrop of the White House now as his rallies. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, think about Kushner. Right, Kushner said that these like states that are suffering, like have the hardest been hardest hardest impacted by coronavirus Mm -hmm. outbreak by the coronavirus outbreak. He's he just he claimed that those states have all sorts of resources that they're tap they're not tapping into because they're trying to take from the federal government. Mm -hmm. No source, no examples. Claim claim no examples. He just says it. Didn't even say where they might be being stored. Just saying. They're being stored and they're not doing anything mm-hmm. because who's which states are suffering most from coronavirus right now? Blue states. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it's further pitting That's Georgia, disgusting. Florida, Tennessee, the, the rest of the South and Midwest saying, yeah, like those are re- those are those are our resources. The federal government, and they're trying to the blue states are trying to take them from us. Mm-hmm. Wow. But isn't he? Isn't the federal government also giving those red states? That's what I've read, that they're giving them the the resources that they're asking for and I limiting the resources that they're giving to blue states. I hadn't heard. I haven't heard that either way. It's disgusting if it's true. If it's true, that's inexcusable. But something- research it, dude. I'm pretty okay. sure that he's manipulating like that mm-hmm. real quick. Yeah. Those for, for those listening, and I'm sorry to take this over real quick in this uh, way, um, but on that link that I had for Joe Biden, mm-hmm. it's his Joe uh, JoeBiden.com slash Joe's hyphen vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are all of his ideas regarding these topics, and you can read about them and see where he stands and a plan for them. Every it, so he's got a the. Biden plan for bankruptcy reform, combating coronavirus, Central America, plan for immigration, infrastructure, veterans, military families, encouraging unions and empowering workers, finance and government reform, education beyond high school, ending gun violence, violence against women, Americans with disabilities, criminal justice reform, rural America, older Americans and retirement, health care, American leadership, climate change, K-12 education, housing, LGBTQ plus equality, uh, opioids, o- opioids and substance use disorders, the Catholic community, the Latino community, the black community, students, agenda for women, and AAPI community. I wonder what those those plans look like in compared to like Trump's campaign. I'm going to have to do that. Uh, I haven't read his new one for mm-hmm. this, this campaign because it's much. I'm sure it's much of the same. It's just much of the same, right? I mean, you're not going to see a fundamental change in what he does. Yeah. Um. So, just real quick, I just googled Donald Trump campaign. Mm-hmm. The top ad that came came up, the very first link, is merchandise <laughs> from DonaldTrump.com. Really? Yeah. And the second link is. Donald Trump well, for president have, have at home. You, have you been keeping up with uh, Kardashians? Yeah, that. <laughs> but also the that drug out of that drug that Trump has been trying to push and like was threatening India to, to release that hydro um, chloride something. Okay. Well, it turns out he has he has a stake in the company that produces that drug. Does he? Yeah. And so, in nobody, not not a single per, not a single healthcare professional, the CDC or any FDA, nobody has said that they that this drug has been proven to um, to help alleviate the symptoms of coronavirus. But yet, he's pushing it on national television to be released in the United States. Is and, it not wants, here at all? He wants the supply. There are there's a little bit of it. Okay. Most of it's in India, and he's forced and he's like basically forced India through. 
co- basically coerced India to releasing it because India put an embargo on sh- any shipments out of its own country mm-hmm. of this particular drug. But now India is going to release it to the United States because Trump went and bullied them into doing it. Right. Because Trump is saying that this particular drug fixes coronavirus. Says it full stop. Uh, well, our good buddy Joe Gibson posted about that, actually. And he was like saying that the that the he's full blown conspiracy theorist. Now, <laughs> I just have to point that out. Um, Alex Jones. All the time on his timeline. I love it. I love it. Um, but he's saying that like, so his most recent one was how the liberal media is attacking Don, uh, this drug and discrediting this drug because Donald Trump is pushing it. That's the only reason it's being discredited. Yeah. It's hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, that is terrifying, dude. Yeah. He's literally pushing snake oil. Because I heard people were hoarding that medicine. People have taken it and have died. What? Yeah. There was a couple in Arizona who took it. Like They bought it like over the counter. Like, it could have been some counterfeit version of it, but they yeah. went out and took it, and they died. Yikes. Um, just also to be fair, uh, you can go to promiseskept.com to look at Donald Trump's um, plans, I mm, guess. Okay. Just yeah, so his, you can compare the two there. His plans, which are not in detail. Not really. And he has a whole page for a coalition. Um, of the willing? I wish. But it's like coalitions. Women for Trump. Latinos for Trump. Black voices for Trump. Veterans for Trump. Evangelicals for Trump. Cops for Trump. Democrats for Trump. Pro-life voices for Trump. Workers for Trump. Irish Americans for Trump. Greek voices for Trump. American sheriffs for Trump. Catholics for Trump. These are all coalitions, and you can mm, text numbers to uh, fun. to join that coalition. Fun. Coalition. Yeah. Coalition. Against the insurgents. <laughs> yeah. The mudbloods. The mudbloods. Uh, okay, so what topic did you want to get to? So here's a there's a post in the Atlantic. So anyway, if you, if you follow all of the different news sources that you and I follow, mm-hmm. it's coronavirus nonstop. Nonstop. Never stops. That's all you get. Which sucks. Can because, I ask you something real yeah. quick before you... How... Do you feel afraid? No. Because there's an argument constantly that there's just this... Oh, I sent you that Venn diagram. Yes. <laughs> Is that what you're going mm-hmm. with this? Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I sent you a Venn diagram of... For those who don't know what a Venn diagram is... <laughs> Google it because I'm not explaining it. It's the three circle thing. Jake's going to explain it. The three circle thing. And then so you can put <laughs> things that are exclusively to one circle. Like one circle. And where they and overlap. And where they overlap. And where each one overlaps, you can, it, it shows like. I'll it, post it. Okay. Yeah. So I sent him one and in the center is, it says me. And then kind of, w- w- if you're in the center, that means all three of these circles mm-hmm. apply to you. And it's people taking COVID-19 seriously. People worried about the expansion of authoritarian government policies and people very concerned about independent economic devastation. Mm -hmm. So I don't really my day is not really changed. I still go to work every day. Mm -hmm. I still volume has changed as far as work. There's a little bit of changes. There's guys missing because they've been laid off or chose voluntary layoff. And so but overall, it feels very I'm still very much in a routine. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I come home. And Jen will have CNN on for like five minutes before like I change it. Watching five minutes of CNN, I'm like, we're all going to die. And that's not to disparage CNN or any other news source that might be on. But it's not until I consume these news sources that I'm actually like afraid a little bit. Yeah. And I will be I will say one thing. And this is just I'll let you get back to what you're saying. But the one thing that terrifies me the most, I think, is honestly might be the economic collapse. When people use are using the words Great Depression to to reflect where we might be headed. That terrifies me. We're not headed to that. Well, and, and the difference is, is, I think, is like in the 30s, the banks collapsed. Yeah. And there was like all this manipulation of money. Mm-hmm. And right now we're seeing an economic decline because of a virus and people being laid off and businesses not being able to withstand that. Mm-hmm. But if this ever resolves, then you'll just see an 
a gradual growth yeah. back. Yeah. So that's the counter argument to my own fears. Mm-hmm. But when people say Great Depression, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> it scares me a little bit. And no, I got to admit and that. It, and it should. And I think we will see a recession probably not at the at the scale of 2008 right we will i mean we are seeing a dip now for I mean, sure we're going to see a dip and it's going to be a, a it's going to be a recovery um there's gonna be a recovery period it's mm-hmm. probably going to take a long time like we're going to feel the effects of this for years for sure but we have to even with trump's deregulation trump's um uh trump's privatized like privatization of a lot of different of a lot of different sectors mm-hmm we the government still has enough levers on the economy especially with the, with the independent especially with the independent nature of the fed mm-hmm. this is why i get so fucking pissed every time he tries to meddle in the autonomy of the fed of the federal reserve yeah the federal reserve is set up to to monitor our money supply so that kind of stuff doesn't happen bank runs won't happen that way that your your, your money is safe banks aren't going to just close right and to make sure that inflation stays manageable mm-hmm they're not going to keep a recession, completely keep a recession from happening, but they're going to keep what happened in the 1930s right. from happening. So as long as the Fed remains autonomous and apolitical, yeah. which Trump is constantly trying to mess with, mm-hmm. as long as those, as long as the Fed stays healthy and filled with experts, not political appointees, mm-hmm. actual technocrats, people who understand finance, right? we're going to be okay. But this is the problem. Mm-hmm. This is getting down. This is getting down another rabbit hole. Okay. When you politicize <laughs> our bureaucracies, right? And yeah. you put in place where all of a sudden knowledge and expertise takes a backseat to political loyalty. Mm-hmm. You see, you see this throughout uh, throughout failing democracies, throughout mm-hmm. autocracies all over the world. Mm-hmm. The United States is no different. If it we're we're following that same path, I feel like this whole thing, the Atlantic. Do you ever get the feeling that with this president, this administration, we're running like a failed state? No coordination from the federal government at all. None. No consistent message. Yeah. Clear lies and backpedaling, and then more lies mm-hmm. that you can track. Like you have with your Colombian stack here, yeah. you could literally go back and find Donald Trump over like a three-week period contradicting himself. Yeah, constantly. Yeah, there was a there was a moment yesterday in a pre, in this press conference when he was like, when he was doing the woulda coulda shoulda with the WHO, mm-hmm. and he was like, maybe I'll defund him, maybe I'll start defunding him. I don't know. We'll see. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then a reporter raises, you know, asks the question. Says, hey. Do you really think this is a time to be defunding the World Health Organization? And he's like, I never said that. And then another reporter goes, you just did. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 no. I said we're going to look at it. No, he definitely said it. Yeah. Maybe I'll defund them. Yeah. Because we're paying all this, mo- this money into it. And then he goes, uh, uh, but they're, they're China loyal. They're loyal to China. Is what he keeps saying. Well, because they're they're nitpicking something where the World Health Organization won't. Because the World Health Organization won't let Taiwan in. Oh, gotcha. So it's nitpick. Right. And of course, when you're trying to defend Trump, you have to latch on to everything, little thing that you can. There was an interview with a World Health Organization executive. He was not the top guy, but I don't, some regional person for him, like Southeast Asia, like head of Southeast Asia or something like the World Health Organization Mm -hmm. was on a call with somebody, it might've been Fox News. And he was talking about, um, the outbreak in Taiwan or outbreak in somewhere. And then t- they brought up Taiwan and the, the, the feed, like the, the video feed mm-hmm. got cut. Mm-hmm. And then when they came back on and they asked him about Taiwan again, he's like, we already addressed China. Oh, it was a little sketchy Ooh. because China doesn't recognize Taiwan as independent. Right. Whereas China, whereas Taiwan, we we know the history, right? right. It's it was the 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 Guomindang was was kicked okay, out. Okay, calm down. We, we don't have to, <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I went a little Matt Reeves. Yeah, there. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of tension between Taiwan and China. China yeah, Let's, we'll just leave it at that. And the World Health Organization kowtowing to China mm-hmm. in terms of its recognition of Taiwan, right, is a concern for sure. It's a concern because it it shows the the level the power that China now holds on the international stage that it can bully 
a universal organization like the World Health Organization to change its language. Right. Yikes. That's a concern, right? Yeah. That's right to point out. Does that mean the entire World Health Organization, therefore, is indebted to China any more than it is indebted to the whims of the United States? Right. You don't think the United States uses those organizations as tools and extensions of its own power? For sure. It is. It does. Yeah. But why would you not want to continue that extension? Why would you want to then, if you're just a real real politic, right? Just think of, of a realist standpoint. Everybody's our enemy. We can only look out for ourselves. Right. Hobbesian view of, of, inter, of the international system. You would want to reinvest in the World Health yes, Organization. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Why? Uh, idiot. Okay, get to what you're saying. Sorry. <laughs> um. <clears throat> anyway, so uh, this is an, uh, the Atlantic is often my favorite. It's like my go. It's right. my go-to. Um. Anyway, so they I had, used the Atlantic for my lesson plan this week. Did you, that's right. I heard you. Talk, I heard mm-hmm. you say that. And I was like, oh, he's using. He's using the Atlantic. Yeah, I yeah, like that. Yeah, I did anyway, that. Anyway, uh, so he, so the in the Atlantic, mm-hmm. they they often post stuff that's just not like it's it's like coronavirus, but taking a ten thousand foot look at it. Okay. Like, how is it going to affect? Like, what are like some political science questions we can ask? Oh, or, okay. Or like sociolo- sociological questions. Okay, I like that. questions we can ask about the effects of coronavirus that aren't just like who's dying. Who's to blame. Who's to blame. Right. All that kind of stuff. It's yeah. like, so this one is like things that determine a country's, so the, the title here yeah. is um, the the things that determine a country's resistance to the coronavirus. And it's by Francis Fukuyama. It was written on March 30th. Mm-hmm. Um, the subtitle is the major dividing line in an effective crisis response will not place autocracies on one side and democracies on the other. So it is basically saying is that it's really easy. And I fell into this early, okay. especially with China's response versus the U S response and mm-hmm. thinking an authoritative regime, which can just basically just who has complete controls over its country can just go to an individual and say, you're quarantined, get in your house. We're shutting everything down. We control ev- all aspects of society, right? A democratic regime, on the other hand, has, constraints on it on the government's ability to completely control your life for sure there were bumping into that right all of the time mm-hmm. how much can the government tell us what are what we can do outside of our homes right how much can they limit our limit our travel how come how can our behavior more generally and i think you're we're kind of up against that limit right now mm-hmm. if there's anything more you start people start to then resist to that it's just our it's our culture we don't like government intervention we for haven't sure. grown up in that um so we're going to be natural, naturally fearful of something like that. So there's there's natu- there's public perception differences, there's cultural differences that drive all that drive how people view that. But I was thinking, in a crisis like this, having com- a government that it can have complete control. I'm not advocating for autocracy right. by any means. If you know me at all, like that's the exact opposite. But you would have to. You, I think I, it's natural to think that a government that can completely shut everything down, force everybody to, to comply mm-hmm. 100% with every extreme measure is going to, would be able, would be nest would inherent. You would think inherently be better at, at counteracting something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, Calm down there, Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> this author pu- published something that was, that was, I think it really changed my mindset. It was okay. like a real aha moment for uh-huh. me. And I love this article because he basically says we have to not look at the 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 nature of a government and put these into dichot in the input the crisis response, put these in and basically create a dichotomy between right, opposite ends. between between free and in uh between free and in um like control states. Okay. He argues that it has more to do um, there's there's far more important variables to look at because he said you're at, when all this is over and we have time to sit down and we're even seeing this now there's going there are autocracies that have had really good um, response like have had good uh, response to the coronavirus and we've seen democracies that have had good response to the right. coronavirus and vice versa we've seen them have we've seen both regime types mm-hmm. have poor responses right i.e. Iran. So what is see he's like so there's there's more to look at and basically his overall thesis is is that it comes down to the individual like the society's trust in their leaders mm-hmm. in a time of crisis because both de- democracies and autocracies especially even like we we the United States has taken extreme measures at different times think about the the expansion of the role of the federal government during the uh, the Great Depression right right oh yeah. Um, 
think about the in the 2008 financial crisis there's been a lot of times where the united states has increased the the, the increased the executive branch's power right. to unilaterally make decisions but the difference is is that we eventually go once the crisis is over we pull those back we pull those back right um so he's saying like so what is what is the what is the difference here and he was saying that it's tr- he was saying it's trust in leadership mm-hmm. it's trust in, the, in in leadership that what you're what you're being told from your leaders is truthful, that they're acting in an unbiased, apolitical way, and they're making the best decision, not because of what it does for them politically, but because of what it does for the country, and that they're listening to the best advice possible. Right. And he said that in itself is a far more indicator for how a, how a country is going to respond to a crisis mm-hmm. than just the simple dichotomy of autocracy versus democracy. Right. It, it seems simple once you lay it out, but I think it's something that... In, until someone points it out and says, hey, look at it this way, mm-hmm. you don't look at it that way. So when you say that, I can't help but think of like the leadership that we have. Mm-hmm. Okay, obviously. So I'm wondering how many people are listening to the political leadership versus the medical leadership. Mm-hmm. Fauci says very different things than the president says. Yes. And I would imagine that as the medical leader during a medical crisis, Mm -hmm. the majority are going to listen to him. And a minority will listen to Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's that's the that reflects the response that we see. Mm -hmm. I I would say that overwhelmingly more people are probably staying home and social distancing as a response to Fauci's leadership or advice Mm -hmm. opposed to Donald Trump's where there are, there are videos, there are anecdotal, there is anecdotal evidence of people saying, well, screw that. I'm going to church every day and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, but I would say that that's a minority, but that's just Mm -hmm. me. Again, don't trust anyone. It's probably the minority, (laughs) but in that example of leadership, Mm -hmm. I look at not, I'm not, specifying the leadership to be the president as the sole leader in this crisis. There are other leaders Mm -hmm. who I think are trying to combat the words of another leader. Yeah. Which is, which Mm -hmm. is like you said earlier, like there's no um, consensus there. Nobody, nobody seems to be agreeing on what is happening. You'll have Donald Trump come up and say, we're going to be fine. And then the, the doctors, the people who have committed their lives to medicine yeah. saying, we could be fucked if you don't mm-hmm. stay inside. Yeah. So. But when you hear the president contradict those. Right. Those experts. Uh-huh. That erodes trust. In, in those experts? Gov- in, no, in the federal in the government. government? Okay. Or vice versa. It can go, it can go both right, ways. Right, right. And it just creates confusion. And I think that confusion is where it hurts our response. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think it's interesting. And I, I don't know if I've said this on here, but no, I said it on knuckle draggers, but mm-hmm. this social acceptance of everybody just going, okay, we'll stay home. Like if that's what we got to do, we'll do it. Mm-hmm. And also the shame, dude. <laughs> Yeah. Like if you're actively like going out and like going to the beach, dude, all those people that went to the beach, I was yeah. like, you son of a guns. Like yeah. I want to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to go so bad. I want to go so bad. And it's just like, there's so many things I want to drive to bend. I want to go see my brother. I want to, there's things that yeah. I want to do, but it's like, other than sitting eight feet from you, mm-hmm. this is the only type of social anything I do. Yeah. My, my life is home and work. Home and work. Home and work. On the weekends, I'm at home. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I think that there's just like, I just think it's interesting that socially, especially here in the Pacific Northwest, you're really seeing it because of Washington being kind of a hub yeah. of this, but everybody's like, okay, we'll stay home. Mm-hmm. So th- I just maybe it's, maybe I'm just influenced by region and the behaviors I'm seeing with those around me. Yeah. Maybe more people are actually out and doing shit. But when you're talking about leadership, when at least when I listen to leadership, I'm listening to, to the specialists. Mm-hmm. That is there are leaderships other there is leaders other than those elected. Sure. And I see the point you're making. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, I think I think that's I think that's a really good point. Um, I just want to read if it's okay, I want to read something from Not okay. Okay. All right, go ahead. I uh, said so what so um, 
the author writes from the Atlantic, he said, what distinguishes a liberal democracy from an authoritarian regime is that it balances state power with institutions of constraint. That is the rule of law and democratic accountability. The exact point of balance between the principal institutions of power, the executive branch and the primary constraining institutions, the courts and the legislature differs from one democracy to another and also differs over time. And we get into this into the Republic. Mm-hmm. when We talk about democratic structures, right? God, it's funny how everything we talk about and <laughs> we've talked about in that show over over the time really relates to the stuff I love we, that we show. talk about here. Um, uh, this is no less true of the United States than any other liberal democracy. Despite its having a political culture that breeds intense distrust of concentrated power in uh, scarcelized um, law and democracy, the U.S. Uh, Constitution was written against the backdrop of the weakness of the Articles of, Con- of Articles of Confederation. So basically, what that, that's saying there is like. We under like we understand that there's a big mistrust of the federal government and right. concentrated power, but we also understand that there's a need for concentrated for power, sure. especially in times of this. Yes, because the federal government, the United States, there's fifty different there's fifty different semi-autonomous states that can make their own decisions, but the federal government is needed for coordination, right. especially in a, in in, uh, in a modern world with things that are happening in in a lot quicker than they did back in the 1800s. For sure, the federal government is needed to give that to give that unified message that unified direction like this is the direction the united states is going states you follow along and you're going to have some latitude because right. each state is going to be handling this differently mm-hmm. and has different needs but here is the federal government this is Here's our standard this is our standard and you don't have that we right don't now have that at all because mm-hmm. he's too busy worrying about his own self-preservation um, Alexander Hamilton. So back to the article. Alexander okay. Hamilton, an ardent advocate of what in Federalist Number Seventy he he called energy in the executive, understood perfectly well that the need for a strong legal and democratic constraints on executive power. But Hamilton also argued that neither the court nor Congress would be able to act decisively in times of natural national danger. These dangers would arise in times of war or domestic insurrection, but they could also arise from novel causes such as a global pandemic that we're facing now. The kinds of authority granted to the executive would differ depending on circumstances. What was appropriate during peacetime was not necessarily what would prevail in times of war or crisis. Mm-hmm. And so, on the constitution, so and so, the constitution established in Article Two, an executive branch that has grown in power and authority in the centuries since the founding. This growth has been propelled by emergencies that required strong executive action, such as the Civil War, the two World Wars, and the financial crises that took place in 1908, 1929, and 2008. During the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln mobilized an army of a million men, although the Union contained fewer than 20 million people. When the American railroads required a supply required to supply the war effort in Europe became hopelessly snarled, Woodrow Wilson nationalized them, turning them into a state-owned enterprises. Mm-hmm. Franklin Delano Roosevelt marshaled an even larger war effort during the Second World War and bypassed Congress to negotiate Lend-Lease. During the, that's when the United States was giving arms to to Europe. Mm-hmm. During the 2008 financial crisis, the Federal Reserve was delegated unprecedented powers, funneling hundreds of billions of dollars in prop-up systematically imported financial institutions, including several foreign ones, with little congressional oversight. Um, so he goes on to give other examples, um, but I think that was a really good passage talking about how the how in times of crisis, mm-hmm. the federal government, especially the executive branch, has been asked to take on an expanded steps. Mm-hmm. So getting to that point of a... Of, of creeping authoritarianism. Mm-hmm. I think it's something to always work. Like we have to be concerned about, but when you trust the leaders in power to be doing the right things, I think it makes that pill easier to swallow. Mm-hmm. And because you know that they're, because they're looking out for each one, you trust that they're looking out for each one of our best interests. You also then in, is implicitly trust that when this crisis is over, they're going to rein themselves back in. Right. And I don't trust that with this administration. Hell No. So that's that's, that's what I was thinking this whole time. Yeah, is, that was ultimately trust is, that no. Was ultimately, my my whole point is that trust matters so much mm-hmm. in these crises, which should tell you everything you need to know. And back to your point about Bernie Bro staying home. Mm-hmm. Think about it. You stay home. You're going to be talking. We're going to be looking at another four years mm-hmm. of a guy you can't trust, and you may not like the policies you want to see change now. Mm-hmm. But at least you can, I mean, I don't know, maybe you don't trust Biden. Right, maybe you don't. But if, if <laughs> I don't know. If you don't trust Biden, then I understand you not wanting For sure. to vote. Mm-hmm. But man, I don't see how, I don't, I don't see, like, in my opinion, 
there is no way I could trust anybody less than I do with the, than I do this administration For sure. in a crisis. Yeah, because look at the look at the expansion of power under in peacetime. Mm-hmm. You hand him another one of these, and that goes right back to <laughs> declaring a national emergency for a border wall. Yeah. That exactly. is the expansion of power for a border wall mm-hmm. in peacetime. Yeah. Not that we're in a wartime, but we are facing a global crisis. Mm-hmm. Do you trust that he's going to be able to rein it back after this is all settled or exploit the power gained? He's, yeah. And there's there's been nothing that he's done in his first three and a half years in office that would indicate that he has any intention of re- of reigning in his Doing power. less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, got to go to work. All right. Love you guys. Love you too. Bye. Say what you mean. Thank <laughs> you.